Hey, welcome everybody to the Desert Media Group. This is a live broadcast with uh, Eddie Martin. Uh, Eddie Martin is a good friend of mine who happens to be a consultant, not unlike myself. Um, he's got some really cool things going on, and I wanted him to come in and share some insight with those of you that are following this page. Uh, and those of you that will be watching this on YouTube, back in the groups that I have, and so on and so forth. Um, because some of the things that he deals with in mindset, some of the things that he deals with in uh, masterminding, things that he does in, in consulting. Um, he's also about to become a published author soon. Kudos to you, brother. That is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and and he's been a part of this this community called the Home of the Hustle. And if you haven't followed them in the past, you'll want to follow them starting today. Go find them. They have a page. They have events. They have live casts, like I think every day. And, every day. and it's really good content. It's good stuff that keeps you on the front end of performance. Um, Eddie and I, Eddie, when did we meet? We met like just about two or three years ago. Uh, it's, it's been, I think it's been two. I think it's been about two. Well, we might've met through Facebook a little bit before that. I, I think um, we met there first and then we ended up meeting yeah. through Keith Yaki. Yep. Um, and we ended up doing some, we did a, we did a little interview with Frank, our, our good man, Frank's Frank cell. Um, and then we've just kind of stayed in touch over the last couple of years and going back and forth talking about things and what's going on in each other's lives. And lo and behold, just recently, um, you actually kind of made a slight shift. Um, but before we get into all of that, let's start with who's Eddie Martin. Give me an idea or give, give them an idea. Yeah. Who's, yeah, for sure. What are you about? Where are you from? What's, you know, what's, what's your story? Well, I don't think we have time for the whole thing. Of course, you have to save that for my memoirs. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a regular dude like, like anybody else. Um, I had a baby when I was 19, had to get out of the world, kind of figure it out. I didn't go to college. Uh, found myself bouncing from job to job, managing restaurants and just different kind of BS work, really. Just trying to figure it out uh, right. to winding up in sales. I uh, was working at a, at a gas company and they fired a sales guy and I said, well, shit, I, I'm, I, I know expletives. I'll keep my mouth closed. Um, I was like, why, uh, why can't I do this? I'm just as good as these guys. Like I, I articulate my, uh, uh, how I want to communicate in a way that's better than them. Why can't I do their job? So I ended up asking for the job. Um, I ended up getting the job. Oh, there's, there's some in between there, but then I spent about, uh, six years at that company. They changed hands a couple of times. They ended up firing. I'm getting some feedback. They ended up firing uh, all the salespeople over the course of time, and it was just me that was left. The wow. company changed hands. Yeah, dude. Company changed hands a couple times, and then I left after the last acquisition um, and went to work for a competitor. And then I spent wow. about five. Well, wow. I spent a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I spent about a year with that competitor. It was like a local company. Um, we broke records. We sold more gas than, you know, they had in the past. Uh, so obviously then the guy's business is worth a lot more. He was having some health issues. So he decided to sell and I went to another corporation. I was bought again. Um, when I was bought that time, they didn't want me. They already oh, wow. had two salespeople. So okay. I was on the verge of like losing my, losing my income and losing my job basically right. overnight. Right. Um, and the, so the guy sits me down and he goes, hey, um, they already have two salespeople in this territory. They're probably not going to need you. But as a formality, this is corporate, dude. It is what it is. As a formality, we're going to uh, they're going to come in on, on Wednesday or something. And it was Monday and have a conversation with you and let you know kind of the details. Well, I met the uh, sales manager and the regional manager and they fell in love with me. They ended up letting go of the other two guys. Uh, they have <laughs> It wasn't because of me. They had, they obviously were having other issues with those guys, and it was just right. an excuse, right? right? So then I spent five years with them um, handling all the, the sales operations for, like, two-thirds of California. Uh, decided to walk away from my corporate job after my divorce and uh, go into a commission-only position where I was able to, like, apply leadership, right? I'd always just been the sales guy that didn't have a degree, was the youngest guy in the company, um, scratching and clawing and, and like getting the job done. Right. I went from right. the new guy out of 80 salespeople to top 10 in the first year. So like I, I knew what I was doing and, um, 
but there was nowhere to go corporate wise. So I went to this yeah. insurance company as a broker. I didn't know anything about insurance, but the deal was, Hey, you get 30 days and, and then you can, um, uh, we'll put you in this leadership position. You can manage a, a handful of people. I had like 12, 13 salespeople for about two years. And then that company went under. And after that company went under, I was like in limbo for a couple of months. Um, there was some billing issues with that business. And if you know a little bit about insurance, there was chargebacks that were coming. So oh, money that was, oh yeah, it was bad, dude. Wow. I literally, I sold, uh, I had about 90 grand, 87 grand in commissions that I had been paid over the course of that year uh, through overrides on other, other people's stuff, as well as my own personal uh, production. Right. And pretty much all of it charged back. So when the company, yeah. So when the company finally like went down, I went broke, right? Went flat broke. So I sat in limbo and I was driving for Uber and Lyft just to like keep money coming in while I figured out, cause I didn't want to go back to corporate. I did not want to work right. for somebody else. Right. Not because there's a problem with that, but just because I felt like I needed to do something on my own. Right. Um, and, and it, it, I was too far at the end of my rope, man. Um, I was, I was way too far in the hole. I called a, a good friend of mine. His name's Vic Tipness. He's a, you know, big influence kind of guy out in Florida who's got this big old company and a great story. And I called him and I told him what was up. And he said, dude, you got to go to work for somebody, at least for a while. And yeah. he's all, you get to pick because anybody will hire you. So I decided that I wanted to go to work for um, for Lightspeed. And I went out and I worked for Lightspeed for a year, uh, traveled back and forth to see my kids every weekend. And my, I have a child with somewhat special needs. He's Asperger's light, but um, emotional issues. Right. So yeah, yeah. dealing with that, uh, over the course of a year kind of weared down on me. It was time to, to, even though I would still only see my kids the same amount of time because I'm going to be hustling. Um, I needed to be in the same town as them again and not just in town with them on the weekends. So right. I moved back to California and decided like, Hey, all right, it's time to, it's time to push forward with what I was going to do a year ago, which is go out on my own, figure out what it is that I can provide to the marketplace that gives the most value to a client so I can exchange it for cash and have a good time with what I'm doing. And that's where cool. I am right now. Cool. So I, I want to kind of dig into a couple of things because your story is, um, it's, it's a familiar one. A lot of us have all gone through some pretty swath challenges, if you will. Um, when you had that, when you had that realization that there was going to be that major clawback, what was your mindset at that point? Because I want to, I want to get into the mindset thing. Because, because I yeah. know exactly what you did, and this is going to lead us right into the next section, which is going to be beautiful. What was your mindset at the moment that you knew that was coming? And then, what was your, what was your shift to get moving again? Well, okay, so I've been against the grain like my whole life, right? Having a baby at, at nineteen and not having a college education. Uh, coming from like a broken home with parents that yelled and screamed and just anger and all this stuff around me, right? Like we never had to want for food, right? We always had food. We always had stuff. It was the nineties. We were living on credit. Like yeah. that was, that was my life coming up. I didn't know that everybody was living on credit until all the repos started happening. But so <laughs> I've always, I've always, at least as an adult, I've always been behind the eight ball and having to be hungrier than the next guy. Yeah. Um, and at first that's what got me through, right? When from 19 to like 30, I would say it was just pure determination okay. Pure, You can't stop me. Um, if you can do it, I can do it type mentality and I'm better than this and I'm going to prove it not only to myself, but to anybody else that thinks that I can't, that was my mindset until I was about 30. Then when I was 30, that's when I got divorced. And that's when I landed into like the realm of self-development. So like you can give me a baseball, give me a basketball and I can get on the court, get on the field and be one of the top people that's out there, no matter what the group is, obviously, unless they're professionals, right? You have a natural ability. I like to use that as my, as my explanation as to how I got from 19 to 30 was just natural ability. I literally only got by because I had a mindset that I couldn't be beat. And uh, I had been beaten up in sales for so long that I had this callus, right? So I could just keep going. It just didn't matter. You can just keep hitting me and I just keep getting up. Um, but that, after the divorce and, and leaving my corporate job, 
uh, it really became, it was a little bit before I left my corporate job where I started getting into uh, the, the self-development stuff, but somebody there, gave me tickets. That you decided to start getting into that? I mean, was there, was there a trigger? Yeah. That? yeah, yeah, there was. So where I was at was, all right, I need to, I'm, I'm taking care of finances for my ex and her household and my household and like everything. Like I took care of all of it because it was my choice to walk away from the marriage and I didn't want to leave her in any sort of situation that right. wasn't you're like being, she had enough, enough things. What you were being. Yeah. Enough things to deal with than to deal with me walking away and taking the income. Right. So, but I, dude, I was making great money, but I had nothing left to show for it. Right. So it was, I got to get better if I'm going to be able to get through this. So a friend of mine said, Hey, uh, I just watched the movie Wolf of Wall Street. And it's funny how these two like go together, but I just watched the, the, the movie Wolf of Wall Street and you know, guy, you know, Jordan Belfort, he's this charismatic, like sales guy type. Um, but he also was very focused on, um, like he learned from Dr. Richard Bandler. He, yeah. he studied, you know, Tony Robbins and all these other things, but I didn't know any of this. So I just went to see to this event in San Francisco to see what this dude was about. And when he started talking about like the psychology of selling and the mindset behind like winning and how to be successful and really opened my mind up to the fact that you can't just be talented. You have to be strategic. You have to have skills. Like if you don't have skills, you're not going to get past the rest of the group that uh, has the talent but also has the discipline and the skills yeah. behind it. Yep. So that opened me up, man. And and he had mentioned Tony Robbins and, and Richard Bandler in the conversation. And, you know, Jordan's kind of a dirtbag from the fact, you know, like just his background. Um, so not really a mentor type for me. Yeah. But what he had to say came from folks like Jim Rohn and came from folks like, you know, Bandler and Tony Robbins. So I got into Tony Robbins and that kind of pulled me out of a, a bit of a like a depression slump with, did I make the right decision, you know, uh, getting the divorce? Should I have stayed? And that just opened up the floodgates, dude. And then it was, how do I apply this information? Because uh, knowledge is not power, right? Applied knowledge is power. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's all about how you apply the information. It's interesting that you mentioned, because um, my self-development started a lot longer. I'm, I'm a bit older than you are, of course. Um, Ours always started with, you know, thinking Grow Rich, Dale Carnegie, and all those guys, um, and then slowly progressed forward. I actually watched Tony. Hey, Scott. How you doing, buddy? Scott Sparrow just jumped in. He's, he's, What's uh, up, Scott Sparrow? Yeah, so my journey with watching Tony in his early years, watching how he progressed and, and learning from, you know, people like him, other people that are in self-development, um, from anything from mindset to, to wealth coaching. And I even worked for a guy that uh, uh, does um, small business consulting as a, as a, as a product slash experience kind of deal. Um, it was one of my first direct experiences working as their director of business development because that was my skill set, was being able to go out and create the relationships that would turn into sales. Same like you. Um, I didn't get to get into fuel. Fuel is one hell of an industry to be a part of. Um, I was going to get into insurance at one point in time um, because my mother was a licensed agent for 20 years, fully licensed. She could do whatever. Um, yeah. The only thing I didn't have was securities licenses. Uh, and, and I had actually been approached by one of the larger brokerages in this country to take their regional VP path. And I thought about it and I was like, I'm not going to do well there because I don't do well in a corporate structure. Um, I, 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 literally grew up with the title rebel without a cause. So for me, that would have been a problem. So, <laughs> and, and that, and that in and of itself is also a mindset because if you really did want to do it, you could. Um, and I have worked in corporate structures. Um, the rebel in me has always gotten me in trouble. Uh, yeah. so I, which is why I stepped out and decided to do my own thing. Um, which same thing as you, when you moved from that one set out of corporate and getting into the self-development realm, there's this whole new mentality that settled in, obviously. Learning leadership, both self-internal and external, uh, being able to increase your skill sets, being able to increase, uh, I guess, the potential of, uh, not mental potential, what's the word? Uh, the expansion potential, your influence, 
-hmm. your circle of influence, who you can, who you can influence, who you can lead and all of that kind of stuff. As that progressed, what did you see? What, what did you notice? I mean, as far as people that you were around, people that were around you, how people responded to how you were. I mean, what did, what did, did you see a progression or did you just, when it just started shifting like really fast? How, how did that work for you? Well, for me, it was, it was a direct shift, right? So being that I had a kid at an early age, my life was literally, I had a, a couple of friends, right? So I had already detached those negative relationships that people talk about when they like, Oh, I got into self-development and now I'm starting to weed through my circle and, and whittle it down. I had right. already whittled it down because I didn't want people around my kids. I already right. had like vetted out the people who were close to me because I was 19 and had to be a dad and everybody else was 19 and being a knucklehead, right? Like I'm, I'm rebel without a cause too, bro. The only reason I lasted in corporate for so long was because it was blue collar. That's the yeah. only reason I lasted because it was blue collar and I was in outside sales. So I didn't get a whole lot of the BS cause I drove the business. Right. So for me, it was a, it was a quick shift and, and it's been, I look at it like this, like at least for me, my self-development journey, right? It's, it was a decision, right? Everything in life starts with a decision. And when that decision is definite, it happens period end of story, but we are our own worst enemy. So as we progress, I always take a look at it this way. This is the way I, I picture it mentally. We might take five or six steps. One day we wake up and go, I'm running, right? And I take and I run five steps ahead. And then I get that five steps ahead and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what's happening here? Uh, uh, am I this guy? Like people are starting to listen to me. Do I want them listening to me? Um, wait, when I pay attention to these types of things, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And now I'm not really sure what I want to do. And so I take a step back yeah. and at first in that journey, I take a step back and question myself as the years have progressed. I take that step back and I analyze the next step. Right. So I take, I take the step back and I go, okay, this is the landscape. This is what I've created. This is what my situation is. And here are solutions to those problems because now I, I, I was thinking about this the other day, like as a, as a person, right? So when I was a kid and it's great to talk about this rebel, I'm a rebel ass kid. I'm a rebel ass dude. Like I have a foul mouth, but I'm well-written and well-spoken, but like, I mean, I'm covered in tattoos and it's just me. It's who I am. When I got into corporate, I had to be corporate. So I got to learn a lot of skills that I wouldn't have learned had I just stayed a rebel. Right. Okay. And then once the time came to where I could merge those two together and actually be the way that I am on camera, in person, or at work are all the same. Like I don't, I, I, once it got to that point where I was so self-aware, which I'm, you're never self-aware enough, but enough, I had enough self-awareness to know like, okay, this is who I am. So I'm comfortable with the decisions that I make. And I love where I'm at in my journey because I have learned so much along the way. Um, but I'm still that, that dude that does what he wants, speaks his mind, that 19 year old kid that was just out there, you know, for blood, it's still in there. It's just been refined. Mm. Um, but now I actually get to like, I don't have to play games anymore. And that's what I hated about corporate is you had to stay in this line and it doesn't feel genuine to me. Um, and I want to live that way for the rest of my life. Right. No, so, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, we we actually had a conversation about that just be, you know a little while ago before we got into this this interview. And for those of you that are watching, by the way, welcome Amber. Thanks for stopping in. If you guys wouldn't mind, drop a hashtag live if you're watching live on the uh, in the comments for us. Um, and if you think anybody else might gain some insight or some golden nuggets from listening to this, you already heard a bunch of good stuff from Eddie. There's more coming, guys. We just got started. So <clears throat> get ready because he's going he's gonna to do a little bit of download here in just a few minutes, <laughs> which I'm really yeah, thankful for. Make my share job. this thing. Share Make this thing. The, the, the cool part about um, that shift in mindset, because I had, I had the same thing too. I mean, literally, not everybody knows it, but um, for a time I was actually indigent. I was homeless um, after my divorce. 
And it was just, it was simply a cause of my own head taking the downward spiral and not being as thick-skinned as you had the opportunity to be. Um, developed over time, now it's like, you know, stuff comes, I take it as it comes, but I'm, and I'm still being strategic and planning forward to figure out what's next. That's the, the two businesses I'm involved with now, and of course, the fact that we both do the same thing in marketing, uh, consulting, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks, gang, for throwing those live tags in. Really appreciate you guys. Um, I think if somebody's wondering, because you, you had that whole thing about taking a step back and, and going, really, do I, do I really want people following me? Do I really want people listening to me? And then realizing, you know, if you're out there and you're leading a charge, um, as in any battle, uh, if you even look back in the col colonial times, <clears throat> the first one out was usually the, was usually the lieutenant and the captain. They were the ones leading the charge, whether it was on, on foot or on a horse. You didn't have the choice to be fearful. You had to go. And, and you, had to take, you had to take it if it came, and you had to take it if it didn't come. And you had to try to bring as many along with you as you can. So taking the mindset of leadership uh, when it comes to either operation, sales, or what have you um, can be real scary for a lot of people. For guys like us, we just learn to deal with it, and, and we've dealt with it quite well. When you're talking about somebody that's not maybe as savvy or thick-skinned as we are, because not everybody's been through what we've been through. They've been through stuff, and they've had their experiences or are having their experiences. But what, what, kind, of, what kind of thing could you suggest for somebody, let's say, that's just kind of went through it, hit that spot, and they're not as thick-skinned as we are? I mean, where, can they, where do you think they might be able to start to, to get out of their own head and get moving? And then we'll start talking about Home of the Hustle after that. Sure. Well, I mean, the best way to get out of your own head is to do something. It's literally the best way to stop thinking about things is just to do things. Like the Junto that I just launched, right? I've been thinking about doing this for a very, very long time, but I had to get out of my own way. And somebody said to me, well, you better start tomorrow before somebody else does it. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, shit, you're right. I need to go. I've been procrastinating long enough. This idea is real. Let's let's make this yeah. happen. So yeah. action, action will cure um, hesitation. It'll it, like you not knowing what to do, just going and doing it and trying to do it and messing up along the way. That's whatever, what, that, whatever uh, that it may be, right? Just getting what, out there, what, whacking at it. And that it might be just <clears throat> getting out of bed in the morning. That it might be taking that walk or going to the gym or or whatever. It doesn't have to be a business. Like I think that we get in these circles and and people think everything has to be about being a business owner. And for me, nothing is about being a business owner. I, I, I don't associate with that whatsoever. I associate as a person and as a member of a community. And I take on the role of responsibility for my community. So I think, I think that's a lot more important too. What you just said right there is taking responsibility for your community. Whether that's business, personal, or otherwise is irrelevant taking the responsibility for the community. And I'm glad you brought up Junto. We'll talk about that first um, because that's essentially what Junto is about. Yeah, and that ties right back into what I, what, where I was going next, right, is in action, fear, you need to be around the right people. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. One of the cool things about, and, and, and I've always been about this too, that's kind of what we talked about a little bit when we talked about business etiquette. Being present, being being aware, being available for whoever it is that you're with, because you don't know what they're about to talk about, you don't know what they're about to do. Uh, you know the listening skills, the all of that, all of that stuff that you learn how to do. You know, in sales is a part of it, but that that presence of mind to really hear what's being said is not always an easy skill. That's definitely something that has to be developed. Being responsible for your community is having that skill to recognize what you're hearing. Because what, what somebody may say and what they actually mean, we obviously, you and I, this is something for you and me as a given, but sometimes people don't understand this. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean that that's exactly what they've meant. It's usually good to start asking questions to clarify. Like, you just said this. Let me, let me make sure I understand what you're saying here. You're saying blah, 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 blah. No, yeah, that's not. You, okay, then please explain to me what you meant because I, I don't want to misinterpret. And, and you've, you've done two things. You've validated and you've empowered that's responsibility for your community, in my mind. Um, and and I, I would think that we're pretty much on the same plane in that, in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt. Um, I'm yeah, cool. Echoing. Okay, You're echoing? Okay. 
Should me. Yeah, I'm, I'm echoing. Oh, guess who just jumped in? Sarah Jeans. This oh, Sarah Jeans. Hey, Billy. What's going um, on, bro? So what you just said there is is hugely important, at least to me, where I'm at right now. And, and what's heavily on my mind and my focus currently is the definitions, the definitions of words. Yep. What what I consider what my definition of a specific word is, is probably a little bit different than your definition of the word, especially these broad stroking things. Right. Okay. Some people who are in MLMs will call themselves an entrepreneur. I wouldn't call you an entrepreneur. I'd call you more of a franchise owner, if, yep. if anything. Right. Um, yep. An, an independent true. rep, like completely. But people want to be a part of that. And so but that's what they mean is I sell products. If I don't sell products, I don't make money. So that makes me an entrepreneur. That's just a definition reason. We know that we are on the same page. Oh, yeah. So um, understanding what the definitions of things that of what they mean and that's not a skill that you just know, right? That comes from time. That comes, there's body language involved. There's tonality involved. There's like all kinds of things that I, I won't even go down the road of of that. It's interesting. It's interesting. You bring that up because I think most people are still so focused on, uh, on the words that they forget that a lot of the communication isn't in the actual communication here. It's actually in how one holds themselves their, their eyes, their tonality, what they say up and down, forceful, soft, blah, blah, blah. Most people forget that portion of communication. And one of the, one of the coolest um, uh, anecdotes that I heard or stories that I heard recently was it's interesting how man has to take so much time in communication to look at every letter in a word and then shove it together to create an idea. It takes a lot of, uh, to read, it takes a lot of brain power which is why I don't read that much. I listen to my books. <laughs> but we're able to take in stimulus when we drive that is hundreds, if not thousands of times more than reading a word. And why is that? How is it that man is able to take in all of this and keep a car in between two lines moving at the speed of, I don't know, 55 miles an hour and <laughs> not in my car, bro. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> I don't speed, um, but be able to keep that between two lines and not go off to one side or the other. The ability to process and understand when you're not trying to communicate, all you're doing is taking the stimulus. But when you're trying to communicate with somebody like we're talking, you know, if I say the sky is blue and you look at it and go, well, what kind of blue? Cause your blue is not my blue mm-hmm. or maybe it is. We don't know, but until we actually get to that point of understanding each other and understanding and understanding the body language, understand all of that stuff, that goes back again to responsibility towards your community. If you don't understand what your community is asking, and, that, and that's why we do surveys, that's why we ask questions. It's you know part of whatever process, marketing, sales, operations. We're always asking what's what's going on, what are you thinking, why do you think this way, what is it yeah. that's you know. If you don't do that, you won't know what their mindset is, and your mindset may contradict theirs. And then you'll have nothing but conflict. That's not really helpful. That's not being responsible to your community. That's not yeah. leading. You know, even if you don't agree with what their mindset is, if you don't understand what their mindset is, how are you going to lead them to your truth? And that's part of philosophy, right? One thing I want to finish on that thought, a great way to get congruent with who you're talking to so you know, like, we're on the same page, right? is, and I learned this through Chris Voss's book, uh, Never Split the Difference, and yeah. it's label it, right? Label the situation. You tell me something, hey, it seems like you're upset about this. It seems like, it feels like, it looks like this is what you mean. And people will be super happy to like elaborate and explain, and they're either going to say, that's right, which is 100% agreement, or they're going to elaborate. Uh, so, I did that unconsciously just from, I mean, dude, when you're like knocking on 30 doors a day and communicating with people, you start to learn different ways to get things out of people in an ethical way. Um, But once that was brought to my, in an ethical way, in an ethical (laughs) way, uh, it's, um, it was just refreshing to like hear that type of strategy. Um, from somebody whose job was to not like get people killed 
Like the right. dude is an FBI negotiator, a hostage yeah. negotiator. So yeah. uh, that's great leadership, like skills to have so that you are a better understanding with your people. Yep. And again, guys, if you didn't hear that, was Chris Boss's book. What was the title again? Uh, Never Split the Difference. Never Split the Difference. I have that in my library to, to get through. Right now I'm on the Art of Seduction and I still got like 15 hours left to, to go through. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long book. That yeah, Robert, book. Robert Green don't play around, man. No, he don't. No, no, he does not play around. He digs in deep, man. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and it's actually revealed a lot of interesting things about people around me and myself even uh, in some cases. Uh, so cool. Junto, let's get into that. This is your mastermind that's coming up, correct? Yeah, it's already it's already started. Uh, we've been going for a couple of weeks now. I would say five out of our six live viewers right now are in the Junto. Sweet. So let's talk about Junto in its preface first. How it what it what it's from, who was involved, what it did, all that stuff. Let's do that first. Where where does sure. the term Junto come from? Well, okay, so in order to get there, I would take a step back and say that there are certain words. Back, what are you doing? <laughs> set the pace. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the, uh, uh, I'm like big on words, right? Like there's certain things that words, and if they're too popular, if people are talking about them too much, like they just turn me off, yeah. right? So I don't like the word entrepreneur, uh, even though I use it, right? I'm, I'm, I'll be a hypocrite. I don't like the word entrepreneur. I don't like the word mastermind. Uh, I don't like the word authenticity or give value. Like, I don't like these things because they're, they're just regurgitated words, but I still use them too because socially you, you pick up words that are around all the time. I can still not like them even though I use them. So originally the group was called the EMFM mastermind. Right. Um, that was the original name for the group because when I uh, had that conversation and I was told, hey, just go do it, I already had my branding for EMFM there because that's, you know, my, my personal brand. Um, and so that's I just slapped podcast, it up there. Right? That's going to be my podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah, the EMFM, podcast. the podcast. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But so um, then I started really I, – I didn't like the fact that my personal brand was being attached to something that was about community. Because if you've been around me, like anybody who's watching or, or involved with anything that I do, I've never made anything about me. I, yeah. I've like, I've never have. I, I, I've you're always... very, you're very selfless and you're very giving. That's that's one thing I learned about you early on. I just don't want to be that guy, right? Nope. Because yep. Yep. I am, I am a hard charging, pushing, confident. Like I have an ego. Like I know that if if that's the, the route that I live my life by, that it would get out of control and, and that's not who I am. Right. So when you, you're in this kind of like fishbowl world where people are looking at you like you're this, you're that, you're the other, you have to really be aware of how you're coming off. Yeah. Um, and, and in this space where you have people selling coaching and people selling programs and some are great and some are shitty. Like, I mean, Russell Brunson done ruined actual uh, uh, experts from getting the legitimacy of being actual experts, right? It actually hurts people from growing because everybody's a freaking expert, right? Yeah. So I've resisted since, get, like, I mean, I've made plenty of money. I've trained plenty of people. I've, I've proved myself time and time again. I should have never had an issue with coming to market with something to charge people for. But right. I have built group after group. Um, everything that I've done has all been free, and I never wanted to charge a dime for anything because I never wanted it to be about me. Right. Right. So when I started the group and I used that image, that logo, um, immediately I didn't like it. But I had already set up the website. I had already like put the group together and put it out there. And I said to myself, this, this doesn't work. So the premise of this is a mastermind. Essentially, it's a, it's a group of people brought together to uh, solve a common goal. Mm -hmm. um, and those common goals are different in each individual, but the collective mind can solve everybody's problems. So I started looking into uh, different groups that had done this before. Obviously, mm -hmm. I learned about the, the philosophy of the mastermind through uh, the law of success, actually through Think and Grow Rich. And then I found out that he actually wrote about it 10 years earlier in the law yeah. of success. And it's yeah. a fantastic book. Like if you haven't went through the law of success, that's like the blueprint for success in my mind. There's some things in there that I don't agree with and don't make sense. Like I wore a hat my whole life, right? Still got all my hair. According to Napoleon Hill, it should be gone already. So 
you have to you have to kind of take it with a grain of certain not 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 everybody is as lucky as you <laughs> okay man sorry about that um I was just saying, not everybody's as lucky as you, and then I had to tip my hat. Is that? <laughs> um, I digress. <laughs> but but so so I started looking into these different groups. You know, Ford had a group, Carnegie had a group. I mean, the, this this is what the stories that are in almost every Napoleon Hill book are about, right? Yeah. Is yeah. is the power of the mastermind? Like, yeah. it's not the secret, right? The secret no. is different, yeah. but it it is part of the formula that allows the secret to be able to be activated, so to speak. Um, it's not even complete either, but that's another, that's another conversation for another time. Well, I don't mean the secret in the book. I mean the secret as Napoleon Hill wrote it, uh, what it. a man can yep. believe Agreed. he Agreed. can achieve. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Uh, so, um, but, so I started digging and I started looking into like these other groups and I learned that um, Benjamin Franklin had started a group very very long time ago uh i want to say it's like it was like the late 16 early early 1700s yeah um early 1700s and he called it the junto and it was uh, a select group of 12 people that met every friday and they met for 38 years i mean this group stayed together for 38 years so the intention of the group initially was to bring them together so that they could help solve each other's problems Right. If we get together, you tell me your problems. I help. I give you perspective. Jay Abraham. Right. Outside perspective yeah. solves problems. Um, but what happened was they found that if they took that same like objective and applied it towards helping society and helping like problems that, that were in their environment, that in turn, it solved their own problems. Their own personal right. issues would get solved because their goal was to solve the issues of the of the community. Right. So um, these weren't highly successful people that were in this group. Benjamin Franklin is really the only one that anybody would know their name. I mean, everybody else was, they were successful, you know, in their own right, but they, they aren't folks that went down in history. So right. when you, when you talk about, you know, Ford and Carnegie and, and, you know, all these names that everybody knows, you go, ah, that's for the, that's for the super elite. Like that's what the elite do. Right. This one actually had a bigger impact on the United States than than maybe the uh, the the Carnegie Mastermind did, because Benjamin Franklin's Mastermind, the the Junto, it solved big problems. Like they were the they uh, created the first public library, the first public hospital. They were one of the first fire stations. Like they influenced the infrastructure and the way that uh, the United States works. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. They created solutions for community so it's huge yeah so when i saw that i was like damn that's that's it that's what the community is that's what the group is because we need to as people we need to be a part of something right and if you're going to create something for people to be a part of they need Mm -hmm. to be able to have some some way to identify with that thing like with that group and my personal brand is not a way for you to identify with the uh, the greater collective group uh, benefit, right? It's right. not like it should never right. be the attention should never be on one person. Right. Um, so we need things to get behind. I, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier about the, the 10X community and 10X community is great. Grant built something big, but now people identify themselves as 10Xers. They don't even follow Grant anymore. There's it's people about the movement yeah yeah it's about the movement it's about like the community yep the difference between what we're building and what that is is that it has we have an intention right we're not built around just go hustle go you know make more money and and like these things and those aren't bad things those aren't bad things at all but it's just not the it's not the purpose of what we're doing so what we do is we have a private group it's a paid group it's 47 dollars a month not because $47 a month is a lot of money. It breaks down to like a buck 50 a day, but nobody gets involved in something to better themselves or be a part of a community and doesn't pay. Like right. you, you have to have skin in the game in order to hold yourself accountable. And it's oh. such a nominal amount of cash that yeah. it makes sense for anybody. So sure. all I have to do is provide an environment that gives enough value to offset a cup of coffee every day. Right. So what we do 
is it's a support group within the community. So we have uh, a couple things going on right now. Right now, everybody set 90-day goals. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So everybody set 90-day goals. And not only did they set them, like, in their mind, but they had to do a live video about them in the group. They had to list out what their action plan was to get there so that they had to verbally speak it out, which helps activate, you know, auto-suggestion and all that. And, And then lets the community know that, this is what this person is trying to accomplish so we can help support them in what they're doing. Right. All right. That's one thing. We also, you know, connected networking, knowing all these different people and experts, real experts in different fields is I bring in specific curated content uh, that's exclusive to the group and have trainings in the group. Like some people can be there live. Some people can't, but right. we do it either once or twice a week. That's just the face groups, the Facebook group side of what the Junto is. The Junto is a community, but where the huge impact comes is in our mastermind calls. So we do a Zoom call, uh, five people per Zoom, and they go on for about an hour and a half. So there's multiple Zoom calls every week, and we bring a question. Everybody brings a question to the table, and I participate in all of them and help moderate and, and make sure everything stays in line. Um, so with everybody having 90 day goals, this really opens up a very good opportunity for each person to be able to wrap their brain around an action plan to get those goals done, as well as everything else that's going on in their life. Our our conversation last week ranged anything from like personal development all the way to like specific issue with your business. So we're solving problems. Right, that's awesome. But most importantly, we're creating community. And, yeah. and that is the, the difference maker. I, I, I think, yeah, you're right. It is a difference maker. If, if you find a mastermind within a community, um, I actually happen to belong to a different one. It's not as reasonable as yours. It costs quite a bit more. Um, but the, the idea in that one is it's also, it's also a community within, within a community. Same idea. Um, not like Junto. Because Gento has another aspect in there that's more community-based. This one's just more business-based. Um, I can tell you right now, if anybody has ever thought about being a part of a mastermind that is community responsible and accountable and has it, this is the guy right here that you'll want to talk to. He will get you moving. I've watched him inspire a couple of people just from conversations. It's really neat to watch Eddie when, he's, when he goes to work. It's really neat. Um, I would I definitely that, reach that. out. No, I, I'm not bullshit either. I'm not trying to stroke it. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I watched you do it, and I was impressed. I'm, 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 it's not easy to do with me, but um, you'll want to reach out to Eddie, probably on uh, on Facebook or or yeah. what's yeah, just on Facebook good enough. Yeah, Facebook's good. Okay. Um, to my knowledge, the the funnel is you talk to Eddie. If Eddie thinks you got something there, he'll tell you how to get in. If you if if it doesn't match, it doesn't match. Don't take offense. It's nothing against you. It just doesn't fit. It's the same thing. I had to go through the same. I, I told Eddie the same thing in the community that I am in. Before I even started getting introduced to people, it's been almost a year. It's been, I think I said about almost 10, 10 months, and I'm finally starting to be introduced to other people. They were waiting to see what I would do. When you When you can bring true value through your experiences, your skill sets, your knowledge, you know, then, and people can see it, then they'll begin to invite you in to communities like this. Um, Eddie and I have talked about me possibly doing some some business etiquette training for, for the community, and I'm happy to do that. Um, and, and that's only because that one for me is a mission. That's not a moneymaker at all. I could, I mean, I, there's guys out there charging a lot of money for business etiquette training. This just needs to be done. People yeah. people just need to know these guidelines and philosophies because they need to know these guidelines and philosophies so that the community can thrive. Otherwise, it's it's a shot in the dark with just about everything that people do. Um, how long is I mean is is there any is there any length of time that someone needs to stay in there in the in the actual junto or is it just a community based thing and they can jump in and out any time? How does that work? Um, so I'm I'm echoing real bad, bro. Really. Yeah, let me, let's see. All right, it stopped. It's weird, man. It's done that a couple times. Um, No, there's there's no, like, it's not like a 90-day plan or a six-month deal or or anything. Um, You're either in or you're not, right? So become a member of the community, get signed up, 
I add you into the group and then you just start being, you start being a part of it. If cool. at any time you're not getting what you want out of it, if it isn't uh-huh. like exceeding your expectations on, on, you know, a lot of people get caught up in, in the dollars, right? Yeah. And they go, Oh, I'm paying 47 bucks a month for this. And I, you know, some of these guys are on Facebook and I know them like you're missing the point and I'm happy to discontinue your membership and you go along your way, like with all happiness and no, like, like resentment. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And it's not for everybody forever. I mean, it's for me forever. It's for probably a handful of people that are watching or we're watching this. They'll never leave the group because if I can help influence and create something that changes your life, changes your business, changes your mindset, changes your circle, and it provides more value than the whatever it pans out to in a year, why would you not continue to remain a part of the community? Um, that, so I, that's I, I what it is. Just to, just to add on to that, being a part of a community rather than the one-on-ones that anybody can do, for one, you're asking somebody for their time as a one-on-one, and that's usually a lot more whether they're your friends or not, are you really being responsible by going to your friend and asking them for business advice? Or is it smarter to do a, that's nominal. That 47 is nothing. So if anybody's hung up on the dollars, don't even bother. The community in and of itself is a place where people can collaborate. What we, what we, it was invented some time ago. It's a thing called co-opetition, cooperative competition. I mean, you and I are in the same industry. And we've already, we've already decided that if something comes up where one or the other needs help, we're reaching out. You know, we may, we may never. doesn't matter. The community in of itself between the two of us is my community is yours and yours is mine. And if we need help, we will help each other. That's the value of being a part of a community group, being responsible in that manner. And then being a part of it in a, in a mastermind setting. I mean, think about that. You have that kind of a community backing you up. Why would you leave it? I mean, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, you well, a smart person wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. I, I had I had a guy. I'm gonna get this echoing thing again. It's not. No, it's not. Is anybody else hearing echoes out there? Just so you guys, because if that's Sarah, hey, maybe yeah. it might be me. <laughs> Sarah, she's awesome, dude. Um, Do you have your speakers, your audio on on your computer next to you or something? I might. Let me turn it down a little bit and see if that helps. Try that. How's that? Um. Yep, we're good. All right, sweet. It might have just been coming back in the speakers, but yeah, because so, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <I> had a, <laughs> you're all good. Okay, it's doing it again. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. I, I had a guy. I'll just speak right through it. I had a guy that he said, hey, "I'm interested. Um, I'm down to check it out for a month." A and, month. And my response is, "Hey." Like seriously, it's, it's an invite only thing anyway. Like the only reason that you get into the Junto is either because somebody referred you or because I reached out to you directly. Like there's no marketing behind it. There's, there's no like attempt to funnel a bunch of people into a community because that's not how you build community. Correct. Right. You don't build community by throwing everybody in there and and not knowing who you're dealing with. You build community by vetting out the process. If if, like, like Napoleon Hill talks about if your mastermind group is not in a spirit of harmony, then it's useless. It's pointless, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you have people that there's that co-opetition. But yeah. there's people in there that are in the same space as me. There's people in there that are coaches that they're in the same space as somebody else that's in there. And not one of them would ever hesitate to give valuable advice that helps their business to their competitor because yeah. we don't believe in competition. People yeah. do business with me because they like me, because they know, like, and trust me because they think I can solve their problem better than the next guy. Anybody can create funnels and anybody can, you know, come up with uh, strategies for this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you're buying the person. Um, And and so I can give away everything that I know and most people are not going to apply the information. So if you're vetted in and you have skin in the game, you're a part of something. And when you're a part of something, you know that the more you give to it, the more that you will get out of it. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people miss that too when when they when you go through that process that they they forget it's not what you're if you enter a mastermind looking only to pull without pushing 
or taking without giving. You've entered it for the wrong, and most vetting processes will, will see that, um, but it only takes one. And, and, I, and I have seen that happen in certain masterminds that I've been a part of in the past where one person was a taker and would have nothing to offer ever in return, and eventually it would break the group and literally would cause major dissension. Um, so if you're, if you're going to do it, again, reach out to Eddie. Make sure that you talk with him. He'll explain to you how it works, what it is, what it isn't. And if it fits and if it's something, you'll get an invitation. If you get that invitation, don't squander it. Don't mess it up. Take it serious to heart. I need to move on because we've got about 10 minutes left, brother. Let's go. And yeah. So you got a book on this that you're working on too, right? Yes. How soon before you think that might be done? 90 days, bro. It's on my 90-day list. Yes. That's what yeah. I was I was kind of hoping you were going to say 90 days. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it took me a year and a half to write, write mine. Um, I've never written a book before. It's the first time I've written a book. And, and <clears throat> you know, people, people have been telling me for a while, oh, you got to write a book. Everyone wants to hear your story. Honestly, my story is so much still in the process that it would not do justice to my story to tell it right now. So well, it would to me. I, yes. And at the same time, I'm fairly sure that there's a good portion of people that would want to see the progress of what was to what is now. Of there's course. always there's always the second and third edition, my friend. Of course, but not that's not in my. I'm not interested it. in that I, right I got now. It. I got like, it. I, I'm interested in the things that I'm interested in, right? And I don't want to. I don't want to write a book for the sake of writing a book. Oh, understood. Understood. You know, so that, I don't want to. Your story is is definitely interesting. No doubt. And there are people. There are people that would probably pull a lot of gold out of it. And, and that's and just I agree. a personal opinion. I, and I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, there's things that I could talk about in a, a book about myself or about my story that would be huge, and people yeah. would get a lot out of it. Yeah. It's just not what's in front of me on my path right oh, now. Oh, sure, And sure. so I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in gotcha. doing the – I'm not interested in the book being a, um, a business card. I'm not interested in doing a, having a ghostwriter. I like to write. I want to articulate – the the information that i'm yeah. providing in my own words now, there's yeah. nothing wrong with ghostwriters there's nothing wrong with you know setting it up to be an amazon bestseller because you sold you know 10 copies at 2 a.m there's nothing wrong with that i don't care about any of those things right the reason why i'm doing this book one is because i want to do a book but i want to do a book that matters and with what we're building right now in the community i think that what that's all about and what got me to the point of, of wanting to do that, the mindset behind it, yeah. Yeah. is much more valuable to the people that are around me at this point, the people that are attracted to me. Yes, they would get a lot about a lot out of my story, but yeah. the mindset and the things that I'm going to talk about in the book come from my experiences from my story. Right. Got it. Right. They just tie into how community is is the basis of everything and if you have a community that's all pulling the rope you know we can we can pull anything right, right. The, the clydesdales or whatever like they can pull eight thousand pounds by themselves and twenty four thousand pounds with two of them yeah that's crazy How, the, the multiple what happens on just just putting one more and it's it's way more than double so it's like that's kind of nuts actually cool it is so imagine so, what that looks like with hundreds oh uh, yeah it, it it gets it gets amazingly awesomely insane, which is great. Cool podcast. Where can they find it? Where where can they find this? Because obviously they've been listening to you this whole time, or listening to us talk and go back and forth. There's obviously value here. I'm sure that this is showing up in your podcast. So where can they find your podcast? So the podcast starts next Tuesday. I've awesome. been doing this little show called Home of the Hustle for uh -huh. the last two years. And I always did the Tuesday night show. There's six of us. There's actually eight of us now. Um, Sarah Jean's newest member of the hustle listening in right now. Um, but yeah, so we do a show every day. And, the, and, and so my format was always interview show or a rant. It was either, yeah. I called it opinions are like assholes. That was my rant show. So I, I actually enjoyed the rant show a lot more. <laughs> the, rant, the rant show is fun. So, we're going to get a lot more of the rant show type stuff in the podcast. 
Sweet. So I decided I wanted to go with the podcast because I had people for one, I wanted to do it. It's a great right. way to, to, uh, build content, right. And get content sure. that I can use and repurpose sure. for yeah. posts and for everything else. It's like a great way to optimize your time. Um, yep. it's also a great way to put your opinion out there and people want mm-hmm. to hear your opinion. Um, I'll give it to you. So, but I, I was getting people hitting me up and saying, Hey, like, it's great that you bring these people on and you're interviewing them, but it's like the same thing. It's like, everybody's doing that now. Like when we started doing that, I'm not saying that we kind of had momentum shift with that, but there wasn't a ton of it. And now there is a ton of it, at least within our own like space, like within our own reach, right? There's been a lot more of that. So being the person that I am, I always want to stay one step ahead. I always want to have the next idea and then watch other people copy my idea. I love that. I think it's like uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So I want you to copy me, period. So if I want you to copy me, then I need to do new things. So the podcast is still on Home of the Hustle. So I put up the post yesterday before I did the show. Hey, this is my last episode. Welcome, Sarah Jeans, to the hustle. And people have been hitting me up. You're not on the hustle anymore? What the hell? Like, blah, blah, blah. You started. you You and Jason and Frank started it. Why would you leave? Like, no, 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 no. We're changing the form. I'm changing my format. So on Tuesdays now, it'll be the podcast. It'll still be live on Facebook, kind of like how yours is. And then that will go to, you know, like a, a YouTube channel because it has to be, right? It has There has to be a YouTube channel for it. Um, the basics that need to be there will be there. Right. But then it'll go on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, like the whole, yeah. it'll, it'll run right. the gamut. Um, yep. but, but it'll, it'll be a different thing. It'll be a different kind of show. I will have, I will have guests. I will have people that are <clears throat> experts and we'll talk about things, but it'll be way more conversational than it is presentation. Yeah, it needs to be. That's kind of like what we're doing anyway. I mean, this, the whole premise of Java chat is to actually, you know, the one thing that we're, we forgot in this whole thing. And this is, this is my fault because I forgot to remind us. That's not coffee. Hell yeah, it's coffee. No, it's not coffee. Coffee is hot, my friend. They're, all that other stuff is foo-foo drinks. I'm sorry. Dude, anyway. there, ain't even su- there ain't even no sugar in it. And you know what? I only bought this damn thing because I needed <laughs> coffee for your show. <laughs> my coffee is over there in the in the cup sitting on the side, and it's still steaming. So I'll be having that probably right after this. Um, yeah, the, the idea of Java Chat was exactly that. I would rather have a conversation with somebody like yourself. Um, because to be able to to just discuss things, whatever the subject may be, and and be able to draw out opinions like I've been able to do with you. And thank you, by the way. Um, I hate to say this, we're like two minutes out, brother. Um, guys, home of the hustle, the EDM E M podcast, the podcast. Go check out my page. And I'm I'm about to put up a post about it here right after we get off with the little logo or whatnot. But it's going to have a call in line. You can call in. We can ask questions. Let's talk about current events. Let's talk about sports and whatever is on your mind. Like oh, I got a lot of opinions. I got a, I got a couple happy of friends. To share it have, with you. I got a couple of friends. I'm going to probably have call in because they're they're great for that kind of stuff. But I'm going to warn you, they're a little bit of caricature. Let's just let Perfect. you know that now. Yeah, they're yeah yeah. Anyway. Um, but it'd be good. It'd be good for the show. I guarantee it. it it'll offer all yeah. kinds of hilarious humor. I, I promise. Um, it'll be fun. That's the oh, point. Yeah. I wanted to bring okay. fun. I wanted fun in what I'm doing, and I was having fun, and I always have fun. But I wanted to like, let's have some fun. Like, let's talk some shit. Like, let's let's make some jokes. Let's let's be serious. Like, this is life, right? It's the yes, it it's the gamut. It's everything. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Okay, so EMFM the podcast. Make sure you guys go and check out his page. I want to thank you, my good brother, for taking the time to come and hang out with me here on Java Chat. Guys, we do this usually every Wednesday. Um, it's starting up again. You will see this post, uh, posting up on YouTube. Uh, there's a new channel that's going to be designed, just like Eddie's new channel is being designed. Uh, this is going to be separated audio to Anchor. Uh, if you happen to listen to my podcast on Spotify, look for Java Chat, um, Overcast, and a, a slurry of other ones. I can't even think of what the names are. Um, and I will be posting this uh, to my personal timeline. Guys, if you if you have any questions, reach out to Eddie. I mean, he doesn't hold back. He'll tell you the truth, and he'll give it to you straight. You know where you stand with the guy. It's one of the reasons I love him is because I don't have to wonder, you know, what does that mean? 
he says what he means, he means what he says. He's one of those guys, and that's why I appreciate him so much. So, brother, for me to you, thank you very much for coming and hanging out. Um, I hope we get to do some cool things again in the future. Maybe we should do another one of these down the line. I'm I'm game, bro. This was great. I appreciate you having me on, um, and I'll bring you on the podcast. We'll we'll uh, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll we'll chop up some fun shit. That's for sure. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for joining Java Chat. Love you guys. Ciao for now.